Hello and welcome to... No, that sounds dumb. That does sound pretty dumb. Hey guys, welcome to our very first podcast recording of <laughs> Voyage to First Vintage. Hopefully you guys listened to our little introduction, 10 minute episode, however long it was. <laughs> You've got the basic idea of what we'll be doing going forward. And if you haven't, we are your lovely hosts. That's James Frost over there with the deep voice. And that's Danielle over there with the deeper voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so today we just wanted to kind of dig into what we will be doing, what our big goal is, what we'll be sharing, um, and I don't know what else, Danielle. Where we want this podcast to go, really. Yes. Yeah. All of that. We're covering it all. Yeah. Started from the bottom, very now we're here, which is vague. not very far from the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, where are we today? What are we doing? Ah, yes. Who are we? Who are we? We're going to dive into that deep question. Go ahead. You can go first. Okay. Well, I, James, I work in vineyard management. Um... So I work on the operation side. So I'm in the vineyard a lot. Um, I can't go into specifics without maybe taking off my employer. So to keep <laughs> myself safe and my employer happy, uh, we'll just kind of leave it at that. Um, yeah. I can talk about some of my experiences uh, later on, but without giving too much away, that's what I do. He basically, he then grows the grapes. Yep. He then harvests the grapes. Well, I help. Yeah. Yeah. That. And what do you do, <laughs> Danielle? Oh, well, I'm so glad you asked. I am a <laughs> DNA lab technician. And yeah, that's all. Yeah. That's all. DNA lab tech, that's what I do. I do the science. Yeah. So can you... Talk about kind of your vaguely your your duties. Yeah, I well because I'm a lab tech, I'm like kind of low on the totem pole as far as the sciencing goes. But I make a bunch of reagents and I upkeep do the maintenance on instruments. So I take care of the instruments that um, that look at DNA profiles and stuff. So yeah, that's basically okay. it. It's not, like, it's pretty exciting. It is. But. Without giving too much away, that's about all you can say, though. Yeah. And we're both kind of in the same situation for different reasons that we can't delve too far into the details of our jobs. They get it. Um, yeah, they don't just care. Just based on our employers. <laughs> they want to know what this podcast is about because we're not going to be talking about our jobs on an everyday basis. We're going to be talking about this. This stuff that we we're gonna do so our big dreams what is is an excellent question so i don't have any dreams they've been (laughs) broken squashed out of me a long time ago that's depressing (laughs) (laughs) on a happier note (laughs) you should know that by now (laughs) um so one day as we were planning our wedding a couple years ago james comes home and he's like hey i've been looking at properties 
and I think we should buy some property and uh, plant a vineyard. And I was like, what? (laughs) It's pretty crazy. Shocker here. We don't have the money to do any of that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We have, we're we're really starting from the bottom. I wasn't joking when I was saying that. Like, (laughs) from absolutely nothing, pretty much. We own our own house, but. Well, not outright. Oh, yeah, I guess we do pay a mortgage. But, (laughs) I mean, like, we're basically middle income, I'd say. We aren't poor, but we aren't rich. We're maybe middle class, lower middle class. Yeah. So we're going forward on these big audacious dreams to become Mm -hmm. winery and vineyard owners. which Our own bosses. Yeah. Most importantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the big dream is eventually way down the road to own our own vineyard mm-hmm. have our own tasting room oh yeah if everything works out well our own small winery mm-hmm. and for that to be where we focus most of our professional energy yeah does that sound good a, a yeah. weird way to put it kind of that's where we want to be working i still want to i still want to work in I'm, the i'm talking 20 30 years from now Oh, yeah. Like, by the time we retire. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Yeah. That's our <laughs> that's our end game. Yeah. That's at the, you know, by the time we're in our 50s, 60s, if we want to still keep doing it, that's where I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And in the meantime, I still want to progress in my career. Me too. So, yeah. But for me, it's kind of a cheat code if we buy our own property. <laughs> then I can be um I'm a vineyard manager and a winemaker. Why? Oh, do and you, you forgot wanna... the most important what? our most important part of our big dream? We wanna make some badass wine. Like we wanna yeah. make some wine that tastes mwah, exceptional. <laughs> yeah. Good wine. Responsibly farmed. Yeah. Responsibly produced. Yeah. So why why are we doing this? Why do we wanna do this? That... Not for the money, not no. for the fame. Well, yeah. maybe a little we'll bit see. for the fame, we'll see about if that. we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the reason I was like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea, was because for me it sounded like a, a really great place for us to bring in our friends and family and um, have a place to really get together and do something together and kind of build a community around um, this winery that we're creating. Mm-hmm. And yeah. For me, it was I'm passionate about the work I already do and the ability to possibly be able to do it for ourselves. Yeah. Um, and put in that sweat, equity, and effort, and you know, it'll still be stressful, but it'll be our thing. Yeah. That to me is the big draw, as well as, you know, hopefully we can do it in an area where we have family and lots of friends close by. Yeah. Uh, right. So they can be involved as well. And it's not just... Well, could you hear that? No. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so for me, it would be not just a job, but a lifestyle and be able to have more than just a paycheck coming out of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm proud of the work I do now, but in the end, it does just boil down to a paycheck and maybe some nice words from a boss or a you know, someone we work with. Yeah. Saying, hey, you've been doing great. But it would be really, for me, really satisfying to 
put in all that time and energy and effort and have physical, tangible results. Right. That yeah. are that are ours. Yeah. More so than, you know, it gets on to the next guy mm-hmm. and they say, wow, this is great. And then they do their thing with it. That yeah. still is nice. And above all, wine just tastes damn good. Well, good wine. Good wine tastes damn good. <laughs> That's a we fair can point. make some alcoholic vinegar. There, <laughs> I've had some alcoholic vinegar. It was not great. <laughs> yeah, it happens. It happens. So that's what the big dream is. That's what um, we're doing. Yeah, where we're kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. Um, and so why we'll we want to do a it? Quick little break, and we'll be back with some more information for you. Yeah. Okay, okay. that's done. Okay. Welcome back. Picking up where we were, where we left off, um, we laid out our big dreams. Now we should let you where, let you know where we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the moment, as we mentioned, we don't have any land. Nope. We don't have a production facility. Nope. We don't have a tasting room. <laughs> we don't have hardly anything. We have nothing. We have dreams and hopefully a good work ethic. So what we are doing at the moment is putting money aside, trying to start up some side hustles. Oh, yeah. To put away more money. We've been um, working through researching if we want to start up an LLC before we start buying property and building things out. Probably a good idea. Yeah. We've been looking at permitting. Uh, mm-hmm. Things we'll need, uh, depending on where we do start our our business, uh, what permits we'll need for the property. Yeah. What permits we'll need just purely for the wine to yeah. make and sell. And if we want to get into a custom crush where you have somebody else making your wine for you based on specifications that you give them. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also been looking into that a little bit and, and seeing if that's something we want to do. Yeah. I think that's where we'll probably head in the first place. Yeah. Um, just so we don't have to build out. And if we aren't a thousand percent comfortable making the wine ourselves the first few times through, yeah, we could work with someone, learn from them, get actual professional help and make sure it at least turns out decent wine yeah it sounds like it's a good where good where good way i cannot english today it sounds it sounds like it's a good place to start yep uh where we don't really have to invest millions of dollars and we can or even hundreds of thousands yeah yeah Yeah. so we can just get our get our feet wet a little bit in the thousands to low tens of thousands we'll see (laughs) we have done some research on pricing for a lot of things Mm -hmm. but it's very variable dependent on the size the quantity the place what geographic location you're in so it's really hard for us to know exactly what our costs are going to be to start anything up without i think the biggest thing is going to be with um, locking in a geographical region we want to be in yeah so right now we're currently residing in oregon mm-hmm. um but we're looking to maybe go back to california which is where we're originally from there's lots of opportunity in yeah. oregon but 
uh, since our family is in California. Yeah. For us, I think our end goal would be hopefully to be closer to family. Yeah. Family. Family. Can you not English either? No, I can't. It's a struggle. We got to get used to this whole podcasting. (laughs) Thanks Um, for struggling through this with us, you guys. We'll we'll cut out the worst of it. (laughs) We'll try. Yeah. I don't know how good our editing skills are, but oh, we will find out. (laughs) So what? Along the, uh, I don't know how to bring this up. What? But from where we are to like our final end goal. Well, not even our final end goal, but to a serviceable vineyard with our own tasting room, hopefully. Yeah. What time frame do you think we can do it in? Oh, God. Well, so we were actually just tasting some whiskey Mm -hmm. yesterday, and we were talking to a lady, the owner of the, um, the distillery, and she was like, well, whatever you think it's gonna take, just... Go ahead and double that amount of money, double that amount of time right now, and lower your expectations. So not lower your expectations, but just be adjust. realistic, I guess. Yeah, yeah. adjust your expectations. Um, Don't so, think it's just going to happen overnight. It's right. Like, I think so, is what her advice was more. Yeah, about. yeah. And I was originally thinking it might take upwards of four to five years before we even get. Um, like property and get really rolling on, mm-hmm. you know, planting the vineyards and making the winery and all that. But after her advice, I'm like, mm, maybe we'll <laughs> shoot for like eight. <laughs> yeah. I think depending on what route we take for getting the business going, mm-hmm. if we do custom crush and buy grapes from people we know and we can trust and we can get that processed and start our own label sooner i think to having property we could be depending on how the business goes i think we could be four years from property mm-hmm. and then from that and that's also dependent on the right property being yeah. available yeah that's true so but, all of this is to say we're gonna have so much podcast material oh yeah. for you guys <laughs> hopefully it's interesting <laughs> i hope you guys are all in it for the long haul yeah And then from having the property, it'll be another at least three years to having anything in production. Yeah. That'll be if it's a nice property that's easy to plant, Mm -hmm. we can just boom, go nuts. Yeah. Well, and that's because, to my knowledge, my very little amount of knowledge about growing Mm -hmm. grapes is that you want to give the plants at least three years for them to really develop the fruit and it's yeah three their third leaf their third year is typically when people take their first harvest and that's all that can be dependent on the plant health and vigor as well so i think if things go super smoothly seven to eight years we could be with our own vineyard producing fruit and our own label yep so i was listening to rachel hollis rise podcast because It's amazing and you know it. Not, don't not don't my sign. jam. Not my I jam. freaking love it. So inspirational. You love anyway. that. I love hardcore history. Yeah, I don't like Neither hardcore history. Neither of us history. can leave, leave. Listen to the other. <laughs> but anyway, so she was saying that there's something really substantial about calling your shot and, you know, making your goal public. Not necessarily public, but like 
you know. No. Yeah, yeah, you not just keep it in your head. You need something to keep yourself yeah. accountable. Yeah, that's right. And, and keep your sights on something yes. and something to work towards. Yeah. And Not that we expect you guys in eight years to be like, hey, you done yet? <laughs> Please don't. If That'd you be rude. listen to just a few of these, that we'll would be happy. Yeah, that would be rude. We just think it'd be fun to share our journey. Yeah. But it'll also give us a way to keep ourselves accountable. Yeah. So, um, also... We mentioned kind of where we're at and all that. I'm going to jump mm-hmm. back a little bit because we've just started reaching out to uh, to individuals to see if we can get them on our podcast and interview them mm-hmm. about their experience with building their own businesses and um, what struggles they underwent and uh, what advice that they can give, you know, mm-hmm. us two newbies starting out in the business world. We So we'll be including those yeah. or dependent on the interview making a whole episode out of that yeah Um, especially if it's a very interesting interview i hope Um, so that'd be so keep your ears open for those (laughs) they'll be coming your way hopefully sooner rather than later yeah and hopefully we all can learn something yeah so do you want to dive into how we run a run everything what do we want it to look like look like i want it to be pretty (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, all the pretty colors. Yeah. I want there to be grapevines. Oh, good. That's probably a good At thing. At least a couple. Yeah. <laughs> but to be a bit more serious. We kind of already talked about how we want it to be sustainable. Yep. And what was the other word you used? What? What was the other word you used? Responsible. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. And sustainable in the sense of... Maybe not completely organic, but although be using conventional chemicals, which are not organic chemicals, using them in a way that is responsible to the planet, to the plants, to the ground, to the runoff. Yeah. So So that we can do our best to help Mother Earth. Yeah. Well, just so we can keep our acreage happy and healthy for a long time. Or Father Earth. I don't know how Earth yeah. identifies. True. Or, or not at all. True. Earth. Just Earth. Just Earth. I think Earth appreciates being called Earth. You're right. But back to what I was saying. And now that you've ruined my my groove, <laughs> talking about something I actually know about now. <laughs> anyway, we would like it to be sustainably farmed. Yeah. Not necessarily organic. Not necessarily biodynamic. I'm okay with using some conventional chemicals, um, so long as we do it responsibly. Because being organic, you can do just as much damage as being conventional. And same with being biodynamic. It's just based on how you treat your land. Yeah, and we'll dive a lot deeper into some of these topics in later episodes when we Mm -hmm. really get rolling into these things. and need to decide on these topics for ourselves yes and by that i'm not taking trying to take a shot at organic or biodynamic it's just for me i think for the amount of time we'll have to be able to work in our vineyard yeah without having to hire help um, doing a sustainable conventional will be the best of both word words worlds (laughs) so we can english today take care of our land 
not abuse it, not abuse it, keep it healthy, make it actually healthier as we yeah. go. But using some conventional chemicals, it'll give us longer time spans between sprays. It'll give us a little more control over uh, some of the pests and things that come in. Um, so it'll give us a little more flexibility while still doing good for our land mm -hmm. and our neighbors. And our wine. And our children. Yeah. Yes, and our wine. Oh, as a side note, your dad's going to listen to this and be like, they need to stop cracking their knuckles. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going to edit that out. All the times I've cracked my we'll knuckles. Do just for dad. Sorry, Bill. Sorry. <laughs> we need to put a little warning before that. Um, other things outside of our chemical usage, I'd like to go no-till, yeah. which is along the lines of sustainable farming again. Mm -hmm. It helps improve soil quality. And for those of you who are not wine well, experts, okay, go ahead. Yeah. No-till is good for your soil quality because you don't go through and you know disc and till and turn up the soil and break your soil profile up. Mm -hmm. uh, so it can cause to a little less vigor for a little bit, but once you get a lot of organic matter built up, it's really good for your soil. You can actually sequester carbon that way, and it adds a lot of nutrients back into your soil. Yeah, that sounds... And it can help a lot with erosion, too. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know what that accent was. No, it's all right. I just offended, and like, a million people. Yeah, if I start using terms and things that you think people need to know, just yell at I me. Will. Explain that. Ooh, explain that corner. There we go. Oh, no, we can't do corners. No. We need... Just say, explain that. <laughs> that'll, that'll tell everybody yeah. Yeah, that we're in the explain that Just corner. call it out. Okay. And I'll do it if you start using terms, too. <laughs> okay. Yeah? It has good. been decided. Yes. It okay. is decided. <laughs> what else do we want to do? Ooh, we want head train vines. Mm -hmm. That's what we want. Why do we want them? Explain that. <laughs> Oh, you want me to explain the term before? Yeah, let's okay. let's start out with what head train vines so, are. So, a head train vine is a vine that is kind of is by itself. It doesn't have trellising, which are the wires and posts that, that run along vines. a row of vines. Yeah. That hold up the com the com the canopy. Good gravy. <laughs> that one we is are hard to get out. Struggling. But it doesn't have those wires and posts to hold up canopy mm -hmm. so they train the trunk up along a stake and then they let the canes come out from shoot or not shoot, looks from like spurs kind of looks like a small tree or bush yeah. kind of it's like a mini willow almost because so those pretty. those canes will come kind of up off the head and then reach down towards the ground yeah and so it's a kind of an old school way to do it but you can produce some very high quality quality grapes and there's a lot less startup cost because you don't have to pay for all the trellising and <laughs> it's just a really very to me a very nice thing to look at yeah they're very pretty there's not a lot of people doing hedgering vines because yeah. it does cut down on the mechanization it cuts so, down on the mechanization explain that so it makes it harder to use 
tractors and equipment uh, for every portion of your farming. Yeah. And since we're not looking to do like 100,000 cases a year mm-hmm. of wine, that is. And we want just a small acreage. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like head trade mm-hmm. vines are going to be just fine. Yeah. So. At least to start, I'd like to be doing a lot of the work myself. Yeah. Maybe with some help from friends and family here mm-hmm. and there. Yeah. So small to me to start is we, way better. What do we want our wine to taste like? What goals are we looking for? Uh, it depends on the varietals. Ah. Ooh, we should talk about what varietals we want. Where's our list? I have no idea. Can you pause while I find our binder? Okay. We're going to pause while we find our binder. We're back with our interesting varietals list. So explain that for the people who aren't into wines. So it's our list of different types of grapes that we would possibly like to plant. Things that we're interested in, we've been looking into. Um, It's either types of grapes, varietals is basically a a fancy way to say type or different type of grape. Yeah. Kind of breed of grape. Um, And so we've got our list that we've been looking into and it's either types of varietals that we enjoy drinking wine of that's been made from those varietals or things that just sound interesting that we haven't really had the chance to try Mm -hmm. but we might like to grow. So for our reds, um, one varietal that's always been one of our favorites is um zinfandel or primitivo as it's often called mm-hmm. and i think james especially loves these ones that yep. have like the real peppery taste to them and that the, can kind of be from uh leaving the stems in yeah well in fermentations yeah. yeah more tannins yeah so zinfandel because it's really bold red and it mm-hmm. grows really well in california um that's an mm-hmm. obvious choice for us. Barbera. Ooh, yeah. Kind of the peasant grape of Italy, <laughs> as I've heard it called. I'm yeah. no expert on that. But it does make some pretty quality wine. We also have, I'm going to say these three together, because mm-hmm. they're typically found in a blend together. Yep. So you have Grenache, Mavedra, and Syrah. <laughs> Mavedra. Move over, dear. <laughs> Mavedra always <laughs> makes me laugh, because... James's mom, Claire. Hey, Claire. She always says, move over, dear. And that's the only way I can remember. there's some lady in a tasting room who asked, (laughs) can I get some of that? I don't remember the name, but I think it's move over, dear. (laughs) And so those three varieties, the Grenache, Syrah, and Mouvedra, are typically, well, not typically, but a lot of times can be found in a blend. Mm-hmm. found in a blend together yeah uh, gsm is a pretty common and actually very tasty red blend yeah um, another red varietal we're interested in is tempranillo mm-hmm. um, then we can go on to our whites yeah go riesling ahead. is always a pretty popular one yeah they typically have some good flavor profiles and one that we've been researching that we haven't tasted before but uh, we got this cool book, and if you know nothing about wine, this is a pretty cool book to pick up. It's called Wine Folly, The Master Guide by Madeline Puckett and Justin Hammock. I think I pronounced those correctly. I yeah. hope I did. Um, 
but we were just kind of flipping through the flavor profiles and saw this really cool varietal called called pig pool pig pool pig pool pig pool and it actually typically grows in regions that uh, grow similar grapes to what are grown in uh, the Sierra foothills of California. Well, that was a little bit confusing. Are you I not... don't know. I don't... Well, it's not grown there. It's not grown much in oh, the yeah. Sierra foothills. It's... So in other areas where similar varietals that are grown in the Sierra Nevadas are typically grown with pick pool in the same areas. Okay. In different areas. It's just not grown in the Sierra Nevada foothills. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. So that's why it caught our we mm-hmm. can cut that whole part out. That's okay. No, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> Grenache Blanc is the next one on our list. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's another one I don't really know much about, yep. but sounds interesting. Yeah, We're doing with... some more research. Obviously, we've got plenty of time before we yeah. will be planting. Um, and then we've got Viognier and Muscat of Alexandria. Yeah. Get uh, some sweeter wines in there. Yep. Have a Eventually. good variety. I want to also do some port. Yeah. So. Well, we got to plant some port style grapes. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So, for our non winosaurs, haha. <laughs> <laughs> port is a fortified sweet wine. Usually has a pretty high alcohol content compared to your typical reds and whites. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is amazing, and it goes so well with chocolate. Mm-hmm. That's why or I like it. Blue cheese, or blue cheese. Oh gosh, or something yeah. Like mushroomy. It kind of sounds disgusting, but you just gotta go just, for it. I mean, it's not like you pour a blue cheese dressing in your wine glass you know. with it. Ugh, that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, uh, just a little piece of blue cheese, a little sip of port. Yeah, can be really good. One of the wineries back home, when we were doing Passport Weekend in El Dorado County, they did a blue cheese pairing, blue cheese pairing with their and port. It blew our minds. Uh, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> so, good guy. Not to dwell too much on the vineyard, although it is important. Yeah. How do we want to go about with our winery? Ooh. That is a really good question. For For, me, when I think of mm -hmm. our winery and our tasting room, I really imagine it being like a a rustic mixed with like a modern touch, kind of like our house. I guess, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I think keeping it kind of rustic, just a bit kind of workman style. Yeah. I I think... very functional. Not too many frills, but cozy, comfy. Yeah. And with a good connection to hopefully our vineyard, which is surrounding the tasting room and Mm -hmm. winery. I think one of my biggest goals for for our winery is going to be making that winery in the tasting tasting room. Good God. Okay, I'm going to start over. Making that winery and tasting room really accessible to those who maybe don't know a lot about wines. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of something I want to accomplish with this podcast as well, is just like being able to create this podcast and have other people who maybe know nothing about wines really dive in and enjoy. And learn with us. Yeah, and learn with us. Because at least on the wine side, 
you know more than I do. And I don't think either of us are by any means experts. No, we are not. We're going to be doing a lot of learning. A lot. We're going to be doing a lot of learning along the way. Yeah. And we hope that you guys will too. Yeah. And hopefully you'll laugh at our mistakes. Um, (laughs) Laugh with us, please. Yeah. It's rude to laugh. So long as it doesn't send us into bankruptcy. It's rude to laugh. We can all laugh at at people, though. Totally rude. But yeah, we, in the long run, want to share our journey, hopefully teach you guys some things. Hopefully you guys can teach us some things. Yeah. And, and oh, I was uh, going to lead yeah. right into our social media and plug that because mm-hmm. we have finally <laughs> built a social media. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Voyage to First Vintage and on Twitter. At, I think it's at vintage underscore voyage oh okay i'll have to check let me all right you check that um you can also send us an email at voyage to first vintage at gmail.com and let us know if you'd like to um give an interview even we can do like skype interviews Mm -hmm. open that up if you guys have like a business or are currently working in the wine industry or um, just want to reach out and say hi, really, you can go yeah. ahead and shoot us an email. So our Twitter is at voyage underscore first. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't know how it came up with that. That's good. Magic. Magic. Like And we will, by the time this comes out, have a website. Mm-hmm. We will fill in the domain name here. <laughs> okay. And... <laughs> Yeah, the more you guys are, well, not are willing, as much as you guys would like to keep in touch with us, tell us what you find interesting about our episodes, our journey, um, what may or may not be boring, things we do that bug you, just let us know. No, don't be mean, though. Nobody likes a mean person. That's why I'm giving them the opportunity so they don't just scream at us in comments. Yeah. Here's the thing. Helpful criticism. The key word there is helpful, guys. Yeah. I mean, don't be jerks. But I'd rather know than just keep pumping out annoying stuff. (laughs) I want your guys' input. Yeah. Yeah, tell us what you think. Get in contact with us. And we will keep you updated. Via our social media. Yeah, go follow us on Instagram. And our website. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Keep it classy, you saps. See you later, you saps. Oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't know that was a thing. (laughs) I thought I was just doing that stuff to be silly.